This is my show, and it's a no-nonsense show. I'm not going to take any crap out of anybody. <laughs> Do you have anything to say, brother? 1985, I no. Arrived. no, I don't. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to your brother. Where are the Welcome back, man. It's good to be back. Is it? It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Thank you. On Sarcasm Orgasm. It's been a little while. I have been in rehab for three months. You have been... You left for a while, dude. Oh, this is... I get with that. Yeah. Cutting out a little bit. It's fine. Go. It's fine. It okay. it, it does. I think it's just because these headphones are not all that great. It's the headphones. It's the head. I have no snare in my headphones, but you can hear it at least in one side. <laughs> oh, oh, the outer door because there's nothing on this door. Uh, dude. So how was how was everything down there in the old hab? It was interesting to say the least. But what I learned was meditation and how important it is. Yep, I told you. You did. I you told you. I was speaking the praises for a while. You told to me you that earlier this year. I told you that probably actually towards the end of and last year. And I was like, year, cause nah. I started, I started basically in my daily practice um, like in November of last year. So like after, um, you know, the whole incident with you know who. Uh, right. It was like I knew that like the only way I was going to stay sane was by fucking just stopping the fucking onslaught of just terrible negative thoughts that were just bombarding me constantly. Cause right. I mean, you've been through some shit. You've been through some fucking shitty situations with, you know, your ex from way, way back that died. Right. You know? And then for those that don't know, my girlfriend passed away when I was 19 from a drunk driving accident. That's when I started to learn how to use drugs to cope. And yeah, uh, that escalated pretty quickly. <laughs> as it does but you know i've processed that and uh the best thing that i've learned from meditation and how it's so valuable to my life is that this right here you don't have to obey your mind correct meditating creates the power of choice you 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 don't have to believe your mind you know what i'm saying like because your mind will tell you all these things about you That's it'll right. tell you all these stories yep. about you yep and you, that's not you. You're the one listening to that story. Right? Now, let me ask you this, Cody. If you're listening, then who is talking? That's a good question. That is a good question, which raises the next logical question, which is, are your thoughts really yours? Now, what my guide has told me is to look for the one who is looking. Look for the one who is looking. Now, not that there's actual answer to that question, but it makes you think deeper sure. to discover where the self lies, where the ego lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ego is the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's actually it's I, I say I, I would say ego is the enemy. But from a standpoint of like it's necessary, you, you can't exist without ego. Right? right. So you have to have ego. So you have to learn how to understand the ego to try to like work within the confines of your human brain that that operates with that ego. The and way I understand it is that the ego is our mind's effort to identify, to create, to understand, and sure. ultimately to get you to wisdom. And wisdom is only achieved through knowledge, understanding, and then you gain wisdom. No. You can't just gain knowledge and automatically jump to wisdom. Right. That, you don't that's just, what most people have a problem with. There's not a book with. about wisdom you can that's go right. buy at fucking Barnes & Noble and read, and then now you're wise. One of my favorite three-panel comics is this kid in class who says, I don't need to study for this test. I have a wisdom cloak. And his friend goes... What? Are you kidding me? You didn't study for the test? He goes, nah, man, I'm good. I had this wisdom cloak. And the teacher passes out the test. The kid puts on the wisdom cloak and he looks at his test and he goes, <gasps> I should have studied. <laughs> that was the wisdom. <laughs> that was the wisdom. Yeah. 
the <coughs> understanding of the knowledge brings right. you to wisdom. Now, the ego is effortlessly aware that we are aware. Yeah. We can't help it. We are effortlessly aware that we are aware. Right. Now, this creates a problem because we're simultaneously talking and listening. Have you ever said this to yourself? You're walking outside and you're like, oh, my God, it's cold. Ah, well, it's okay. We'll be home in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I didn't need to tell myself that. Like, I have the weather app. I can look outside. Right. Maybe it's snowing where you are. Right. It's cold. Yeah. I didn't have to tell myself that. Right. But my mind tells me that, and then I answer it. That's okay. We'll be home in 10 minutes. Well, the question is, who the fuck is we? Yeah. That's your construction of... Of the ego. Of Yeah. Because that's... You need... Like, I... I there's, this is the thing about the ego. You have to have ego in order... Like, you couldn't exist without ego. So, yeah. like, your ability to understand your ego is what unlocks your ability to supersede that ego. again again back to the power of choice now but here, like most people don't here's the thing you're going a step right. further on the like is it a choice yes do most people even know that that decision can be made in from second to second no no they're not even aware that they are neurotically creating this identity that isn't net, that's not them you're not static nobody's identity is static you're not right you know, the only constant thing is change. Right. Now, let's talk about neuroplasticity for just a second. Okay. Neuroplasticity is the idea that our mind is constantly changing through the firing of neurons sure. to create pathways in the mind. You can think of it this way. Neurons that fire together, wire together. Neurons that fire together, wire together. And that creates a pathway in the mind. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a tiger at the zoo pacing around its enclosure? It's pacing around in a track that has no grass. Sometimes it's inches deep into the dirt and gravel. Yeah. It's because they've paced that track thousands, maybe tens of thousands of times. Now, mm -hmm. imagine that that is a neural pathway in your mind. Yeah. It's a rut. Yeah. It's as if a drop of water on any surface takes the least resistant path. Right. Now, in your mind, you've created the least resistant path with a neural pathway. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for you to think of a trigger, let's say, a sunny day outside. Right. For me as an addict, a sunny day makes me want to use. But <laughs> guess what? So does a rainy day. Yeah. All days. Whenever I'm rich, I use. Whenever I'm poor, I use. I use. If yeah. I'm with a beautiful woman, I use. If I'm with a fat woman, I use. I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And like and your your usage is your like it's like you telling yourself that this is the only way I can exist and I can't exist outside of this realm. Like I can't like when I was in New York and things got to the worst part of mm -hmm. where they got, like in 2017, yeah. like, like I couldn't go out. I couldn't, if I didn't have blow, I, it was like, I couldn't, like I had to have blow. It was like, they were just hand in hand. I'm going out. I have blow. Mm -hmm. Those experiences were interlinked. They yeah. had created neural pathways right. that all connected. So to like, I have to get blow to go out yeah. because I can't go out without blow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, well, yeah, you can, but like, you get to that point where it's like so ingrained in your pattern mm -hmm. and your neural pathway that, you know, that's like, that's all your brain tells you is like, nope, you have to, this, this has to happen for this to happen. And then it has to, it's like, and then it gets into that rep repetitive cycle. Yeah. There's a cycle. And, and the only thing that really does take you out of that is like some serious shit. Like you got to have like a psychotic break or wake up in a hospital or, you know, some shit where you're like, Oh, I got it. Something's got to change. Yeah. Or I'm going to die. Now, here's, here's <laughs> the thing that introduces the change is meditation. So let's go back to that because meditation allows you to And which was the, which create. we didn't mention, you, you mentioned rehab, but you didn't mention that the, the theme of this re particular rehab, because you've got, you had like an intermixed, uh, like 12 step type thing yes. with the meditation, which I yes. think, dude, is probably, 
It's the key. Tremendously more productive. It's the key. I mean, I'm not going to say the 12 steps are are without merit. I mean, there's a reason that they exist. Right. And have been, you know, the pathways I, I of that have that. been repetitive over time with, you know, generations of users. But, like, um, adding the meditation effective. kind of gives you the ability True. to take yourself outside of that. Here's that. the way that I would put it is that the 12 steps are tools. But meditation gives you the skills to use the tools. Like, for instance, if you were given a skill saw, a laser leveler, and a drill right, to build a gazebo, it wouldn't do you any good just to have the tools. You would also have to have the knowledge to use the tools, yeah. which is what meditation yeah. gives someone like me who's an addict. Right. The skills to use the tools of the 12-step program. I think that was the missing component. And I'll go one step further and tell you this. That the treatment center that I attended, which I won't name, <laughs> is Where the pilot program. <laughs> the pilot program <laughs> for all treatment centers throughout the United States. Really? So this is the first of its kind here. That's right. Huh. And. I'll tell you this. There was a study done it's in crazy. It took them this long to figure out that that's probably a good thing to do. I'll talk about that, actually. In 2016, there was a study done by Harvard where they took addicts and they separated them into two groups. One was the control group. One was the variable group. Now, the control group, they studied their mind. They studied the neuroplasticity. And they discovered that the amygdala, which is part of your stem, which is part of the lizard brain per se mm -hmm. was mostly in control of someone who's in active addiction so they're mostly operating off of fight flight it's like the id or fuck you know yeah they have a very limited number of options that's like below the ego and if you don't get your drug of choice into your system you think you are going to die yeah and so you will do anything to put that drug into your body. Even it will bypass logic. Sure. The pathway that goes from your amygdala to your prefrontal cortex, which is where you get logic and reason, is basically severed. That highway, that superhighway is severed Somebody in most put addicts. put a bomb on the bridge and blew it up. Now That's you right. You can't go across the bridge. So you can't logic or reason yourself out of using your drug of choice to right. introduce that to your body. Yeah. Because it's now something that you need to survive yeah well the crazy thing too i realize with addiction and i you know interestingly oh sorry go ahead let me finish go ahead what i was going to say is that in this study the control group which they monitored after 18 months of abstinence from their drug the superhighway between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex began to show connectivity and then in the variable group they measured that same superhighway to see when the connection would reform through neuroplasticity. Now, I'll say this. The control group, it took them between 18 months and two years to begin to show connectivity between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. In the variable group, they introduced... Meditation. Meditation, that's right. Okay. They did... 20 minutes of shamatha meditation every morning. Shamatha meditation is the form of meditation which allows you to just focus on the breath. It brings you to the present moment. Mm -hmm. It's simply that. Yeah. Can you guess, based off the control group, how long it took for the superhighway to connect from the amygdala to the frontal cortex in the variable group? I'd say three to six months. You're close. The answer is between two and three months. Wow. So that is a 500% increase in efficiency mm -hmm. in connecting That's your frontal crazy. lobe of logic and reasoning to the amygdala to be able to reason or logic mm -hmm. yourself out of that survival mode. Yeah. The now, crazy thing about meditation, though, is too, is, is like you're not, you're not doing anything. You're, it's actually the opposite. Right. You're actually doing nothing. The goal, the whole goal is 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 just quiet. Let me be more precise about that because there is confusion about meditation in that when you sit there and you focus on your breath, people think that your mind is supposed to be clear and you're not supposed to be thinking about anything at all. But that's not true. Right. Your mind will always give you thoughts. Yep. Always. The key in Where shamatha meditation, from? the key in shamatha meditation, mind you, is 
the act of bringing your mind back to the breath, back to the present. So you're doing a good job whenever you realize your thinking and bring it back. Mm -hmm. That is the goal right there. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how many times your mind wanders as long as you bring it back to the breath yeah. and bring it back to the breath and bring it back to the breath. Yeah. You could wander thousands of times because the human mind produces somewhere between 20,000 to 60,000 thoughts every day. That's crazy. I mean, my mind races an astonishing amount of time. During Somebody the day, like you or I, it's probably on the higher end of that 20 to 60. Probably closer to 60,000. <laughs> on the, on the, the, the little bit thicker people, maybe, maybe <laughs> only around 20. But no, yeah, absolutely. So with neuroplasticity, the way this all ties in is that by bringing your thoughts back to the breath and back to the breath, you're creating new neural pathways. The old ones will wither and neurons that fire together, wire together. Every time that you bring your thoughts back to the breath, you're creating a new neural pathway. Yeah. And that rut gets deeper and deeper and allows you to change the physical structure and the ability of your mind. And that allows you to have the power of choice. This is all about the power of choice. The fact that you don't have to obey your mind. Right. This is some of the stuff that when your mind is going, you need like right now. I want to drink right now. I want to drink right now. I wish I had some alcohol right now. Like I, you know, that's something I hear that, you. that's something that, you know, I've experienced. And then talking about the choice, two things. Number one, it's crazy how quickly this is how powerful drugs are. How quickly the neural pathway that was like dissolved can reform through drug use. Yeah. I mean, it's like so fast. Yeah. That that pathway can come back. That's why addicts are addicts cuz that it's that pathway is so easy to rebuild like you you know i mean mm -hmm. I, I you know as addictive as as cocaine can be heroin which was your vice we had two mm -hmm. different vices you and i right um i mean it's the drug of all drugs don't get me wrong i mean it, it does its job well yeah and the thing about neuroplasticity is that it's the only constant you can't prevent it your mind is always changing right and most people have trained their minds to be untrained. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, most people have racing neurotic thoughts and they're almost not every second of the day. There. And they're not even aware that they are hostage to that. <clears throat> you're almost like you're not your thoughts. You're the gatekeeper to your to your like to your mind. Your thoughts are just coming to the gate trying to get in. Yeah. And you either decide to say, well, they might they might get in and then but like you by detaching yourself from an identity on the thought mm -hmm. all of a sudden the thought can just be free to disappear and float away you want me to tell you a cool mantra which is one that i've adopted what? is this right here cool story bro <laughs> every time a thought comes in my mind cool story bro the mind is a dog with a bone just yeah. gnawing, latching on it. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's like you're throwing a bunch of tennis balls at a wall of Velcro. Yeah. And when your mind attaches to a thought, it runs away with it, and it starts to yeah. chase it down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Your mind is a dog with a bone, and if it doesn't have a bone, it will create a bone. Yeah. If your mind doesn't have a thought, it will create a thought, a problem, mm -hmm. to then try to, to solve, solve. That's like our brains in a in a general sense, I guess, is we're problem solvers. Human beings, we we That's solve right. problems. That's right. We our brains operate in such a way that we we look for problems to solve. Even if there are none. Yeah. So it's like you can't be happy to just be because you need a problem to solve. You have to have something like and I think that goes back to, you know, we're in caves and yeah. you know there's there's always a fucking problem yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like now there's a here, fucking tiger out there exactly but here's the difference pacing is that in a circle your okay. mind doesn't know the difference between a tiger in the jungle or a tiger in the room whenever you create a tiger in your mind yeah that's you a good podcast will title react. tiger in your mind yeah your mind will react just as if there's a tiger that's about to eat you in the room, which is there right now? No, there's no. not. I mean, like right now for me, that tiger was not having alcohol. Yeah. So it was like, man, there's a fucking tiger right here. And I like, wow, I need to fucking solve this shit. Like, ah, here's ah. another way to put it. If everything were all right right now, what would be wrong? 
that would and nobody wants to live in a world where like just being is like frowned upon like just being just just not just not like having some objective to what you're you are just yeah. being and like we for some reason i guess as human beings we don't like the idea that there's because it's like almost like the problem is a way forward so like like we're tr- we're constantly trying to move forward we're constantly trying to build and to create something and like we, problems are what we you know surmount to create these things so yeah. like if it's almost like if 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 we're just being that means there's no problems that means we're not doing anything that means we're stuck it's like the idea that you're you're not growing almost because there's not a problem the next problem to solve like ah no I'm it's not, always I'm not the next growing, thing but you could be growing it's always being. the next thing right the next iphone the yep. next car if i just get that job if i just get that raise if yeah. i just get that girl yeah and then when you get all those things are you happy no because the next problem's on the horizon there's something else yeah, yeah. there's always something else and to to figure that out is where you could probably find you know peace or just you know that's uh, exactly right if you could remove all expectations of outcomes we would call that sudden enlightenment as is the case of Eckhart Tolle Mm. he wrote a book and in it he told his story where he was suddenly enlightened and he sold all of his possessions and he moved to a park bench in the open and slept on that bench for years and he was literally in pure bliss the entire time and people would come by and ask him i want to be happy like you how can i do that and he would say you already have it inside you you just are talking so loud in your mind that you can't hear yeah that truth yeah that truth is not something that like like i i feel like um we want to like the lure, uh, the allure, maybe I should say, of the thought, like that says, you're not complete. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, there's something missing from you. That's something that makes you strive to something. So you think that, like, oh, I'm like, I'm missing something, so I need to get this. But then that that not realizing all the while that that's never gonna stop. It never will. So the only thing you, the only thing you have the power to do is to realize that, and then thereby finding that. That finding you know, that, that bliss enlightenment that you speak of in your current state, and really it comes down to finding the bliss in the present. If you can be present, if you can detach from any expectations of outcomes and live within equanimity, and equanimity, as my understanding, is the ability to allow your pendulum in life to gently swing from left to right because you will experience suffering you will experience joy but you have to realize that neither suffering nor joy will last forever right it's the idea of impermanence yeah no moment of suffering will last forever it will pass and also no moment of joy will last for either forever either yeah so you have to somewhat stay balanced and in the middle and that's called equanimity yeah i i one thing i've i've said lately which you hear a lot of people will say, I want to be happy, right? I'm not happy, right? Right, But like not realizing that, like you're saying, thoughts, if you look at your thoughts, negative or positive, like weather, it's kind of what they are, yeah. right? The weather changes all the time. You get those sunny days. You get those rainy days. Yeah. You know what I mean? <coughs> but, but you have to realize that this is temporary. Mm-hmm. This is weather. Yeah. It's it, not meaning it's going to be this way forever. Is the mountain moved by the snow or the wind or the rain? No. Or the sunshine. And you are the mountain. That's right. So, but like, um, when people say, I want to be happy, or like, if they feel like something's missing in their life and they're not happy, it's like, you have to understand, like, don't strive for happiness. Strive to recognize happiness when you have it. That's true. You know what I mean? So You like also th- have to recognize that happiness doesn't come from external sources. It's internal. You have genuine happiness inside of you your mind is just typically talking so loud yeah. that you can't hear it yeah and to be honest you know i mean there is a a neurochemical you know effect especially if you're like it's a substance abuse issue that yeah it's going to take a little time to overcome that you know that dependency 
because your brain literally has chemicals mm-hmm. that are telling it, I need this, I can't function without this. And then once you get past that, though, your brain goes, oh, I can, I can function. I don't, I don't have to have that to be okay. Like, I just mm-hmm. thought I had to have that. But, like, when you talk about choice, I thought, it, it, I was going to say this earlier, um, with addiction, when it's a choice, you're, you, don't, you don't have an addiction when it's a choice. Right. It's when it's not a choice that you have an addiction. That's true. You know, so it's like um, people don't realize that they have never had an addiction problem that they say, well, why don't you just quit? And it's like, well, it's not a choice. Well, yeah, it is. You had a choice to use the first time. Well, yeah, it was a choice then. It's not a choice now. That's why, like, I realize that, like, about being addicted is that, yeah. like, once you realize you don't have a choice, that's when you're addicted. Yeah, it perturbs me to hear people say that, like, you chose to do the things yeah. that you did. Well, yeah, it was fun, and I didn't, you know, the first time you did heroin, you weren't addicted. Well, maybe some people do get, but, like, it's not something that you, like, immediately were, like, I, um, like, I can't, like, I don't have a choice with this. It's like, you could do it, and you could do it recreationally, and it was fun, but it was still a choice. Like, you know, like, it wasn't like, I have to use today. It was like, hey, let's, let's, that'd be fun. Let's do that, you know? Sure. And then And then now, you get to the point where you're like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I can't function without Even it. in recovery, does my mind still go to thoughts of using when it was fun? Sure, but that was 20 years ago yeah. when I used it once, or some substance once when I was 16 and I had no consequences. But you know what? Now there are serious consequences. And when some people are presented with a sufficient reason to quit, they can. And those people are not addicts. Yeah. Whenever I'm presented with a sufficient reason to quit, I cannot. And yeah. it is no longer a choice. No. Yeah. That's what makes me an addict. It's, it's a physical allergy. And yeah. this has been confirmed now by modern science but this was proposed in 1935 by dr carl young who said there's something different about addicts because some people when given sufficient reason like i said can stop but addicts cannot Mm -hmm. there's two things that happen whenever you introduced a drink or a drug into the system you either have no control over the amount that you take or you have no ability to stop when given sufficient reason to stop Right. And those two things are called qualifiers. And hey, guess what? I got both of them. Yeah. And what happens to me is that I become Tornado Taylor and I destroy the things that I love most and I don't live in alignment with my values. Oh, yeah. So the idea of mindfulness and meditation is to bring me into a state, into the present, so I can choose to live in alignment with my values. And guess what that brings me? Genuine happiness. Yeah. Because you're no longer a prisoner to that those thoughts that you, like I said, were with so many people still. And even if they're not addicts, they might. I think vices, er, you know, when you say everybody has a vice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be a substance yeah, to be some, a vice. Some people shop on Amazon. You get a dopamine hit. A lot of people, their vice is Instagram. A lot of people, their vice is, you know, fucking TikTok. It might be a less dangerous form of an addiction, Which, but it's still an addiction. Arguably, I could say. It might, it might be, be yeah, more dangerous. We don't know how it's team. affecting the public as of right now, but I guarantee Social media you, in ten to twenty years, rewired we the will neural find pathways out of society. How dangerous all that really is. I've, one day, I've actively tried my best to like, kind of stay away from now. Reddit, I can't fucking Reddit. <laughs> I know, <laughs> fucking Reddit. I've been a redditor for like <laughs> eight years, dude. I same here, and that one's the one. It's the hardest one. I don't necessarily participate in reddit a lot although i did get my first silver the other day oh really i did yeah i uh i once reached the front page did you yeah i i got like i i posted on our conspiracy the other day and i got 700 upvotes on a post you want me to read it hey i'll read right. it to you yeah what, i was what like what was your post it was um it was about fucking was it original content or did you like repost a link or something no 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 this was just a it was just like a meta type post okay but it was like um it was, it was a post or a comment it was a post okay it was a post, but I, I had these thoughts, and I just kind of just put them down. And um, What was the subreddit again? It was conspiracy. <laughs> R slash conspiracy. R slash conspiracy. Okay. So, like, I'm ready. Um, so the, the post was, so it's at 702, 705. <laughs> it, it's, it basically hit 700, and it's been and just kind of hovering around there. Yeah. Uh, but it was, the title was, For the Record, your health is not my responsibility. And I put, nor is my health your responsibility. 
Uh, prior to 18 months ago, this logic was pretty understood and accepted. Part of being a human means, uh, part of being a human being means accepting that risks are just an inevitable part of existence. One cannot mitig mitigate risk if they don't first assess it. People are living in two realities simultaneously, the digital and the physical. The digital is a chaotic, disaster-ridden hellscape where fear obliterates love wherever it finds it. Yet, in the physical, while still at times chaotic, the struggle between fear and love still errs to the side of the latter. We were born to love, not hate. Some people enjoy hurting other people, but most humans would still rather help their fellow human being. I truly believe that. Um, a lot of people have been conned, and I think more and more of them are starting to realize it. Mm. They've moved from the denial to anger stage, and they're misdirecting that hostility at those who didn't fall for the bait and switch because on some level, they're jealous that we weren't duped like them. The only way we stand a chance now is if we utilize our most potent resource to combat the hate whenever and wherever it rears its ugly head. The one we are ironically the most afraid of. The most powerful four-letter word of all. Love. Oh, also, this is probably all some recycling simulation playing out in an infinite universe on some middle school alien supercomputer. <laughs> <laughs> Strong ending. Strong ending. Yeah. yeah, I had to, you know, I had to tie it out. I agree. Three hundred seventy comments, man. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't know that it would get that traction. The like part that I like about that, like about that, is where you talked about hate versus love. Because, to be honest, that in my totally opinion, Hicks. hate is a delusion. Hate is a story that we create yeah. in our mind. And the antidote to hate is compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we, it, I've said this before too, that it's uh, not giving a shit is easy. Caring is hard. Like, like the hard thing to do is to give a shit. It's not h hard to not give a shit. It's very easy yeah. to not give a shit actually yeah and like when you get yourself in that state what you're talking about because i've been there too where you're like you're literally in the act of using going i know i shouldn't be doing this i know this oh, is yeah. not good for me i can totally relate to that i know it's not good for me but i'm doing it anyway i've been driving to the dealer's house saying turn the car around taylor but yeah. i physically cannot do it yeah well you could you you that was the story right so now that now that you've gotten into your meditation journey you know that that was a story that I'm not saying that if you were in the throes of addiction. Right. But you know what I say to that story now is, cool story, bro. <laughs> I always say, save that one for the grandkids. <laughs> Put that in an email so I can delete it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to leave that one on red. <laughs> I'm going to put that right <laughs> in the junk folder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I it's, it, it's just, it is interesting because you don't, I don't think people, a lot of people just don't understand that. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand like that when you're there, like it, it's, it's one of those things that you're, you're telling yourself, but you're just not, you're choosing to not listen. You're choosing to like, um, like last night I drank, you saw the fucking bottles here, uh, when you got here earlier. I mean, like a couple buddies came over and they brought some fucking alcohol. I had some tequila and you know, I was like, I didn't even want to drink last night. I was like, I'd had a bad couple of days before yesterday. And like, I was like, man, like, I was just like, it's the same old fucking shit. And, you know, it's like, I, I did anyway. And I knew I, I, I literally was doing it going, it's that first sip where I'm like, I shouldn't even be doing this. But as I take the sip, you know, and it's yeah. like, and then I know it's like, well, all bets are off now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the same thing. With, I know it's the same thing for you. You know, it's like once, once you, you put the substance in your body, first, you know, that first hit. Yeah, you uh, can no longer control the amount. The one last hit that spent you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's. Um, I'm glad though that you've gotten to a point now where you do understand that because that was why I was telling you so much about like how beneficial meditation had been for me. And I'm not saying it is a constant battle. I mean, it's not. You're not. You're uh, like 311. Challenge comes. And, challenge comes and goes, but there will be another. I say, bring it on. Yeah, you know I mean, like. Uh, Fuck it. Yeah, know? like a good way that I look at that now is to say like, oh my gosh, I got a flat tire or I lost my job. Why me? You know, oh, my loved one passed away. Why me? Why yeah. is this being done to me? Well, what I've learned to say is, why not me? Do I want it to happen to someone else? I mean, if it's going to happen to anybody, why not me? I mean, we recognize that well, we the have auto shops. It's going to happen to everybody. We recognize life is that, that we have like hospitals. We have these places where people go when they're sick, but we think, well, that's not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. 
but why not me? Yeah. That has helped me tremendously to, to move into a state of acceptance, mm-hmm. acceptance of reality as it is and not feeding into my delusion that it shouldn't happen to me. I mean, what's more likely that the hand of God reached down and snipped my serpentine belt just to smite me? Yeah. Or that I didn't check my serpentine belt. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like the other night for me, like this happened to me just a couple of days ago. I, I went out on Saturday night and got fucked up and uh, I ended up like an idiot uh, locking my keys in my car. Oh, brother. Yeah. And I, by the way, lost my I had two sets of keys and I was at the river a couple months ago. And it, like an idiot, for some reason, decided it was a good idea to take my keys with me on the tube. And <laughs> luckily, Mike Gomez, shout out Mikey, uh, had was there. And he drove me all the way back here to get my spare key. And then we drove all the way back as we were in San Marcos. And uh, I was oh, able to get my Jesus. car. But like, and then that, so that key now was my last key. I didn't have an, another spare key. So when it happened, like I was your like. spare key became Sunday, your only key. Yeah. Like Sunday night, I was like trying to fucking. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to like get in my car and I like almost I was trying to like get like a coat hanger and shit just like trying to fucking see if I could get it to to no avail, but like um and then I remember I was sitting like I just stopped and like I was just sweating because it was humid and I was just sitting outside and I just reached that point after like thirty forty minutes of fucking with this shit trying to get it open and I, where I finally was like I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to call a lot like I'm gonna have to like fucking spend this fucking fifty dollars that I don't have to spend right now on this shit i'm just gonna have to do it i don't have a choice and i sat there like upset and then i stopped and i was kind of like like what you're saying like the why me thing it was kind of just like it is what it is like i just it was like i this is what it is don't what what are you gonna sit here and wallow in pity about it like no i mean you could you could that's a choice you could make or not really a choice it's really it's the not a choice to be in pity it's the choice to decide to not wallow in pity let me ask you something have you ever been angry or upset for 24 hours straight yes yeah yeah let it me was t- called one year ago today <laughs> i know <laughs> but let me take that a step uh, further yeah were you actually angry and upset 24 hours straight or did you have moments of clarity or other thoughts and then you eventually chased the angry thought back and re-triggered yourself into that state of anger. Because yep. every time that you forgot about it, or you thought something else, or used the bathroom... You had a pleasant thought. That's right. So the truth is is that... It you, wasn't angry you thoughts. You didn't stay angry it wasn't 60, 24 000, hours a day. It, was, it wasn't 60,000 angry thoughts. It was... You brought that tiger back into the room. Yeah. Over and over and over. You probably at least got 10,000 mediocre and maybe even 5,000 like pleasant thoughts sure in that 60,000 so you weren't angry for 24 hours straight that's the point I'm trying to make is that we reintroduce that tiger back into the room and we attach and chase that thought and relive those moments and re-experience those emotions and let those drive us when in the beginning we could say something as simple as cool story bro dude this would be a good clip to cut up right here did you see that video of of the guy in Houston that because there's more tigers in Texas than there are in the rest of the That's world. That's right. You know that? Yeah. And one of these guys, residential neighborhood in Houston, his fucking tiger got out. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. And there was like an off-duty deputy, and he was standing there with his gun on the... <laughs> a guy that I was in treatment with... And he goes, fuck knows you that guy. tiger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, met, I met his friend. tiger. In oh treatment, God, dude. He told me that story because oh, that's his great. buddy. Oh, my <laughs> that God. That was so great. That yeah. was fucking great. I was like, I've seen that video. Like, yeah, that's my friend. <laughs> that was like my favorite. That might be one of my top five like viral internet video yeah. lo- like lines of all time is fuck you and your fucking tiger. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy in treatment has met that tiger. The, so he knows <laughs> the guy that owns the tiger? Yes. He, okay. See, I, I was like. I wonder about that. That deputy, though, to his credit, man, he he fucking like that guy has some fucking brass balls, bro. Because to stand down a damn tiger like that, bro, like or at least not, you know, like the mm, even if I had a gun, dude, you could. If a tiger charges you, I don't even give a shit if you have a fucking like you know forty four caliber pistol in your hand and shoot it six times on the way. It's still gonna kill you probably before it dies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you might, if it's, if it's an angry tiger, like, and it just started charging you, you know? Like, you could just start unloading a fucking clip on it. Uh, magazine, sorry. 
My dad would be mad. It's not a clip. It's a magazine. <laughs> Unloading a magazine on it. And, it, you know, it probably would still take, you know, multiple shots before it's going to really go to, like, like they're an animal, just like anything else, just like us. They have adrenaline. And yeah. If they're angry, you know, just like if you're in a fight and you're like, like, are these guys that get on, like, PCP, bro, and then they, like, go fucking insane and, like, have, like, superhuman strength. It's like yeah. they're not superhuman. They're just running on such fucking high they're levels of like adrenaline, adrenaline. <laughs> that they can't feel shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that was that was a fucking crazy video, dude, that, that Tiger video. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about this, too, in regards to mindfulness and meditation is <clears throat> three things. Attention intention and action and those are so important because the first step is attention if you can bring your mind to a state that's in the present you can focus on your breath you can train your mind to be present that allows you to pay attention sure as soon as you've achieved attention the next step is to set an intention right that's in alignment with your values for example and then you take action. And to me, action is the most important of all steps or values because without action, all the other knowledge or wisdom is meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, and even with intention, like, because, you know, you you could say, like, like when you were on the way to your dealer's, the in, you knew the intention the, the the intention you had was probably a good intention right it was like i know i shouldn't be doing this that's a good intention right like that's that's an intention of like doing the right thing like not good turning around going home knowing that's the best that's an intention the action behind that intention is a far that's a, that's a far cry to be able to like actually put that intention into action so it's like that's why you know uh the, what is that there's a phrase about intentions uh you know but good intentions bad intentions whatever but like the the action to do it is is a whole nother level of like control that you must have over self to right. be able to understand like yeah it's one thing to say i should i should go to work i should go do this that's a good intention i should i should i should I buy should, a boat i should not hit snooze right? <laughs> yeah i should buy a boat <laughs> like but to actually be put the action forward that's a whole nother level of like to stop yourself and that's why meditation's good to me yeah. because Sometimes I've been in that moment where I'm like, I'm doing, I'm running through all the things I need to do today like yeah. in my head, you know? And it's like, um, like, are you, are you it, even but present to make them, your coffee? Instead of you doing know? them, I'm just running through them. Yeah. So stop, stop yeah. and do stop and do just it. That's it. Be like, present when you make yeah. your coffee, be present when you brush your teeth. And if you need some tips on how to do that, to be more present, try brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand. The Buddhist monks will do this practice in Tibet, where if they walk through a doorway, they must first turn around and walk through the doorway backwards. Then the next week it changes. For instance, they might have to touch the right side of the door frame, and the next week it changes to the left side of the door frame, and the next week it changes to the top of the door frame. That way, every and time they're walking through that they door, they are aware, they have attention. Yeah. Because the other two are fallacies. Without yeah. attention. You can think of, the, of it this way, that attention is outwards. Yeah. A, attention. Intention is inwards. Yeah. And then action. So it's attention, intention, action. Outward, inward, action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, to anybody that might be listening to this, um, uh, I think a good thing to do is um, to what I would call um, use markers of presence. So brushing your teeth can be a marker of presence for me, washing my hands, yeah, marker of presence to try to remember in that moment, every second of that moment of that time, yeah. you know, really taking the time to, to you know, lather Feel my the temperature hands. of the water. Yeah, just listen the to the sounds. And like, yeah, and, and just being there while I do it as opposed to just I'm washing my hands, but I'm I'm doing the next thing. The already, average American my, is never moment. present and studies show that it's that people are less than present 50% of the time. I would actually say that's an underestimation. I think people are not present in their daily lives at least 75% of the agree. day. So and that's just my conservative 
estimation. Yeah, I mean, so I think let's some people say could that be 80, 85, true. 90 percent. Some people. Let, let's just assume it's 75 percent and to say that you're only actually aware and present and paying attention 25 percent of the day. Because what do you do when you wake up in the morning? You yeah. think about, oh, what kind of coffee do I want? Then when you're making your coffee, you're thinking, oh, I got to do this at work. Then yeah. when you're driving to work, you're thinking like, okay, when am I going to take my break and what am I going to get for lunch? Then when you're at lunch, you're thinking, oh, I got to call this guy back and go to this meeting afterwards. And then when mm-hmm. you do that, you're thinking, I can't wait to get home and uh, give my wife a hug. And then mm-hmm. when you get home, you're thinking, what's going to be for dinner and yeah. what's going to be on TV and I got to watch my show at this time. And then when you're watching your show, you're thinking, I'm getting tired and I'm going to be going to bed soon. I can't remember to uh, do this and do that. And then yeah. when you're in bed, you're thinking, oh my gosh, tomorrow's Thursday, so that means I got to do that. So uh-huh. when were you actually actually present yeah. yeah when were you there yeah to experience your life yeah and there was there was certainly probably uh some beauty to be found in those moments where you stopped living in a future that didn't exist yet and stayed in the present moment where you were right that's flow state that's f- like if you talk about flow state like where you're not you're just doing you're not you're not thinking about any future or any past you're just doing and you're in a moment like that often like when, happens it, when music. we jam. Yeah, I was gonna say literally what I was thinking. Like when we're not, we're not in the future. When mm-hmm. you know, back in the you're days, totally in the, the house, You know, we're jamming those moments, man. Yeah, you're right. That's we, called flow we were state. So there in that moment at that time that there was yeah. not any future or any past. There was only that moment. Yeah, I'll tell you what I know is that resentments come whenever you're ruminating on the past, and fears come whenever you're future tripping about what is yet to come. And when you're doing those two things, your mind is going backwards between reliving memories and then projecting in the future, reliving memories, projecting into the future again. When are you present? When are you experiencing your fucking life? If you live 80 years and you're only there for 20 years of it, what have you done with 60 years of your life? Uh, Put it on autopilot. (laughs) Like people say, where did I put my keys down? They don't know because you weren't there when you put the keys down. Yeah. You were on you autopilot. You were in the next moment. Yeah. You were, you were somewhere you else. You weren't even there when you did it. Yeah. And we all do it, even with meditation. You know, you can't escape. That's just a human condition thing. But, like, you can train yourself to, and with, I think, over time, you know, you do become more present. You become more yeah. able to like stop yourself and those are I, I love those moments those little moments when you start meditating where in the past you would have gone down that rabbit hole yeah you're washing your hands and you would have gone down and then you catch yourself and you go cool story bro yeah back to present yep you know what i mean those are cool moments that's where you feel the progress you're making the very act of doing that is what precisely rewires I laugh the brain. brain i go <laughs> totally <laughs> you cool thought, story bro you thought bitch <laughs> you thought you're gonna yeah right get the fuck out of here this is my show, and it's a no-nonsense show. I'm not going to take any crap out of anybody. <laughs> Do you have anything to say, brother? No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to your brother. Where are my Jacques Rose? Dude, I think humor, too, you find that there. That's, like, where you're... Cause if you're like, that's the thing in like doing stand up, like you're bombing, right? And you're like, oh man, this is only going to get worse. Instead of just staying there in that moment of the bomb and owning that bomb and like staying with that and like not letting it be, oh, this is not, the rest of the set's going to go bad and I'm going to get off stage and it's going to suck. I'm like, I'm, well, you don't, haven't been there yet. So how do you know that? Like, you know, like that's why I, I fucking admire guys like Chappelle or, you know, there's people that like, you know, you can, not it's not you're not attached to the outcome of any given joke or any given set like you're just joke to joke there doing that and then you're at the end and then yeah. whatever it was is what it was and then you move on to the next one and that's it like, that goes back to what i said about attach yourself to that equanimity is staying and he has a special called a equanimity balance out a special swing that's right yeah. i mean how prudent is that that's great and the idea is that that bomb it's not going to last forever. And also, your overjoyous applause and laughter is not going to last forever. Yeah. 
You have to stay within equanimity. Yeah. That is so cool that Dave Chappelle called his new special equanimity. Yeah, that was one I don't know if it was his latest one, but he it was well, one of the ones he put some out shorter specials. Over the last like three or four years, yeah, he put out about like, like the George Floyd. But it was one of these ones he, he put released out. a double on Netflix, and yeah. yeah. No, yeah, uh, he's I, had a lot of content recently. Actually, it was that part of that double. It was the first one of that double, Equanimity, right. which I think actually was filmed here in Austin, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then the Bird Revelation, which was in the belly room at the comedy store in L.A. That's right. The Bird Revelation's fucking phenomenal. I, that's yeah. maybe one of my favorite Dave Chappelle specials because he's like so just raw, and it's like in a small environment. It's like the blind tiger size yeah. room, you know, like so it's just like just right there in the moment and the real shit but he's never afraid of losing the audience he's never afraid he's like he's just like so in the moment of what he's doing he's in a state of flow yeah he's not worried about what the next if the next joke's gonna work this joke's not working boy i hope the next one works Mm -hmm. fuck it this one's not working let's stay here and let's get through this and then we'll go to the next one after that we'll see what happens there like we don't have to like go to the future but while we're still in the present here's something else that i learned is that I once viewed my most important values in life to be things like drive and determination and assertiveness and leadership because I thought those were the most important things in life to and get me ahead. I big titties. And big titties. And big titties. <laughs> what I want to say about that is I've completely changed into a new way of thinking where m- now my most important values are loving kindness, compassion, patience, understanding, patience. And you know what? Those things will get me ahead farther in life, faster, much more efficiently, and to a greater level than my previously thought values. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Conan took over The Tonight Show and then the, that whole debacle where he only did it for like eight months or something and then Jay Leno wanted to come back. And so yeah. NBC kicked Conan off and bar- and like let move the time back. slots, yeah. And I remember like the last show he did at as the Tonight Show, he was talking about kindness and just how he believed that no matter what you do in life, like if you can just walk through life and try your best to just be kind to people, yeah, like that he's one hundred percent believes that that will that you'll be you'll find success in the end. Yeah. You know, maybe in that moment he wasn't finding success, but to stick it out and and believe that the kindness still has to be there because it's easy to get bitter, man. It's easy to get yeah. like. Especially in this day and age, bro, with the, how crazy the world is now, it's like, and it seems like, fucking Joker. It's, is it just me, or is, are things just getting crazier out there? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, no, it's not just you. This <laughs> is they, they are. But like, I, I think that like to stick that out and like not let that dictate your attitude, because attitude is everything, man. Attitude, like, my friend Ch- uh, Charles, I know a guy Charles in Dallas. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but. He lived at the property I was working at back in Plano, and um, he uh, he would it just it's a cliche platitude, but it's like a attitude of gratitude. Yeah, uh, atti- that's a that's a good platitude. The platitude of attitude of gratitude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like Seriously, to call it gr attitude. I mean, but yeah, but like to know that you can change your whole world in that very moment by deciding to 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 air to gratefulness for what you do have instead of discontentment or bitterness or resentment for what you don't have. Yeah. Like focusing on the things that like the things you're grateful for, it brings you peace and bliss in the moment versus like only thinking about the things that you don't have. And I, again, I think that goes back to the whole needing a problem to solve, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of paradox, I guess. Like it's like, yeah, we, we want those problems to solve, but like, how about just stay there in the moment and just, you know, like be grateful that, hey, you know, man, I'm, I'm past doing my rent and my, my car is about to get repossessed and all this is like, well, that sucks. But what do you have right now that you're grateful for? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, stay here and then work your way because then I, 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 th- I feel like it makes it easier to, to get to the, the things you need to be getting by just staying there and being grateful for that yeah. what you have there and then hey I'm grateful I have the ability the physical ability to work like I have I'm not paralyzed I'm not you know you know incapacitated or something. I can't function like I have the ability so okay that's great that's good and then you're all of a sudden you're like man that's awesome let's get it you know what I mean like as opposed to being like man this fucking sucks woe is me yeah well you know it's like well you know, live there. See, think, see where that gets you. Live there. I think what you're talking about there is perspective. 
Here's an interesting thought experiment. If you were to take a starving child in Africa and put him in a luxury hotel room filled with all of the Big Macs he could ever want. Sounds pretty great. He would be overjoyed. He would think that was literally heaven on earth. Yeah. Now, let's take that same scenario, but this the time the candy store. this time we're going to put Bill Gates in a hotel room with all the Big Macs he could ever want. He would think it's shit. Yeah. Now, we've given two people the, the exact, exact same, same set of circumstances, and one finds it absolute hell, and the other finds it absolute heaven. Yeah. It's all a matter of perspective. Yeah. And to define what you're grateful for in the moment, like you said, an attitude of gratitude will bring you happiness because it will shift your perspective into a way of thinking that actually defines reality as it is, not according to your delusion. Yeah. Of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Who plays Bill Gates in the movie that inevitably comes out at some point in the future? <laughs> I don't I make don't a movie about Bill Gates. No, I know, but <laughs> I, what what's the method acting to be Bill Gates? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what do you, what do you do? Just shower yourself with adoration from all around you and but <laughs> just like have everybody just uh, put on sweaters a lot, wear a lot of sweaters, and you know, walk around with a little snarky. Dude, one of my favorite, another viral video is that, wait, this was like fucking 20 years ago. This is when like Microsoft was like under uh, federal indictment or whatever um, before Bill Gates got intelligent and, and created the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and used that as a vehicle to rehab his image. And now all of a sudden people think he's this wonderful man. It's like, no, he's the same piece of shit that founded Microsoft off stolen ideas, was cutthroat about how they ascended to the top, you know, stole code, you know, did all the things you ethically that any business ethics class would tell you don't do he did the opposite and found massive success from it it's like dude i don't know man i i'm i feel like um <coughs> we're uh we're definitely as a collective society uh we need to be more aware that we're uh that we're that we have already we already have we don't we don't need it's like not what we don't have we already have here so i don't know um, that's actually a good, we're getting, getting ready to wrap this up here because we're leave, actually like right in an hour. So yeah. We'll, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. I want to leave you with one thought. If you were to light a candle in front of you, you would be viewing the candle, taking in the light, and your mind would be constructing an image of that light. That happens in the same space as your thoughts. You're experiencing the world as a sort of alternate version of your thoughts. Now, in some people, this creates a delusion mm -hmm. where they view the world according to their perspective and they create a reality that's ultimately not real. I mean, let's define this reality right now. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy caught in a landslide? No escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. <laughs> For real, Freddie Mercury is onto something with that one. Yeah. No, you're right. No. And for a whole nother podcast uh the scariness of them of our phone time screen time like essentially this is your mind while you're on it this is what your mind is perceiving so they could literally you're, with every you know yeah. uh stroke it's kind of, of a your, window of how your, your mind operates what your yeah, your perception yeah. like you're literally your mind is that they're seeing what yeah. your mind's eye it's an extension of your mind and then what the ramifications of that are are yeah. kind of scary because <laughs> it's like yeah. if we looked at at that and said man like that's a lot of power for people yeah. to have to see into the window of the, the collective minds of everyone yeah that exact society. analogy right there is just a way to explain how powerful your thoughts are because your thoughts define your reality they define your perspective and the most important thing that i think i've said this entire time is that you don't have to obey your thoughts and meditation can create the power of choice. 
by rewiring the neuroplasticity in your mind. So I'll leave you with that, man. Thanks for having me. It's been really cool to be back. It's good. I feel alive. I feel better. I look good. Shed a lot of. I'm feeling good. All the goods. Yeah, all the all the good things. All the good things. Uh, no, man. I mean, just, honestly, bro, this entire year, I, I I feel like I haven't really seen you that much. And yeah, it's uh, been a roller coaster. Is, I think this is the first podcast we've done this year, actually. If I'm You're thinking about it, probably right. I don't think we've recorded one since last year, man. Uh, right, well, let's put this one out. This is a good one, man. I I was really happy to to ha- be able to like see you, and uh, I'm glad you're well and here Thank in Austin you. now for the considerable future. future. Good things coming. Good things coming. Let's call this one a tiger in the room. A tiger in the room. Thank you, Taylor James. Thanks again for having me. The magician, the musician, the meditator, the Renaissance man, the man. I appreciate that, man. The legend. Have a good one. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening.